Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. missile battery and we're under heavy fire. We've got god rockets raining down on us from over the channel. We need support.
So, um, perhaps you could begin by telling us in your own words exactly what happened. In retrospect, it was obvious. Sister Carpenter, showing up again alive and well after bellwethers. It's too good to be true. It was love that made me foolish. It was love that turned me from the proper path. I, I loved her like my own blood sibling, and I believed that this was a sign that the trawler man had brought her back to me for a reason. I could never have imagined that the legislatures could have won her over to their cause. But they had. And of course, her return was no coincidence at all. It was Sister Carpenter who alerted the government's forces to the location of the Paraclete's Gulch. It was Sister Carpenter who attempted to undermine our defenses from within. And after their attacks failed, thanks to the combined strength of our disciples... It was Sister Carpenter who waited for a moment when the entire gulch was gathered below in joyful celebration and she assassinated Catabasian Mason and poor Sister Thurox. I arrived only seconds too late to stop her. Brother Faulkner, I wonder if you could tell us... Uh, that should be Catabasian, Faulkner. Catabasian grief. The disciples of the Gulch formally crowned me as Catabasian after the battle. Our victory against an overwhelming foe was declared by the collective vote a miracle in itself. Catabasian, Faulkner. The assassination, as I understand it, took place in your own chambers... I know what you must be thinking. It it occurred to me as well that perhaps I was her real target. But Mason, as we now know from the guards, had come to my rooms hoping to speak with me. Perhaps Sister Carpenter's nerve was beginning to turn. Perhaps she thought he was an easier target. Perhaps she mistook him for me in the darkness. At any rate, she attacked him shortly after he entered the room, and, and she murdered poor Sister Thurox, who... I had the good fortune to have served with in pilgrimage. Sister Thurox must have sounded the alarm, which most likely saved my life. There were others coming down the stairs. I heard them behind me. As I entered the doorway, Sister Carpenter shoved me to one side and fled down the stairwell, and as the other disciples pursued the assailant, I entered my chamber and tried to resuscitate Catabasian Mason. All I managed to achieve, alas, was to cover myself in the poor man's blood. Faulkner. I'm sorry about this, Carpenter. But you're gonna need to run again. Back for the river. You know the way. I'm sorry. It was low tide. Sister Carpenter knew about the sluice gates and lower levels, and we'd made use of them during the siege. She got them open and made her escape, heading, as it turned out, upriver. I directed some of the disciples to set out after her, but darkness fell and... You directed them to take her alive, of course. Uh, no, no, High Catabasian Roman, I did not. 
You didn't think it worth questioning her? I considered her to be too dangerous, Catabasian Grieven, and her crimes too severe for her to be left breathing. A moot point, perhaps, since in any event you failed to catch up. I suppose so. Did Sister Carpenter say anything to you, Faulkner, as she was fleeing the scene? Yes. She said she was sorry. You can make it if you run. Why are you just standing there? Run. Carpenter, please. So, so sorry. I'm sorry too, Faulkner. Catabasian Faulkner. She's... She's headed for the river. Go. Get after her. Go. How did you feel knowing that you brought Mason's assassin back into our midst? Ashamed, but resolved. I knew that I had a duty to make my friend's sacrifice count for something. And the disciples of the Gulch, they needed a leader more than ever. Since that time, I hope I've proven my worth in that regard. And I suppose we have no idea where Sister Carpenter is now. Quite the contrary, Your Eminence. At first, we thought she must be heading south. She had an ally down that way. She told me that. Then we caught wind of her again upriver, a tip-off from a loyal member of the Faith who'd spotted her by the water. Brother Fade is leading a hunting party to retrieve the assassin and bring her to justice. She's got talent, we know. But she's alone now. There are soldiers on the roads, and her face is known to the lawful authorities. And all of our people in the northern reaches, they've been vigilant in chasing her down wherever they've spotted her. She's had no chance to stop, no chance to rest. By all counts, she's wounded, and she's tired. Soon she'll have nowhere else to go. We had hoped to question Brother Fade at this council in person since we understand he was also a partial witness to the attack. Brother Fade insisted on heading north. he lost his brother during the siege of the Gulch. He felt a sense of personal responsibility. Brother Fade is to be commended. Any further questions for Catabasian Faulkner, Green? It's tangential, but in Mason's absence, we're missing a good deal of our usual intelligence from upriver. I'd appreciate a general status report. We've been working hard to repair the gulch, to clear out the flooded lower levels. But we've also been sending out scouts to explore the hills and the upper reaches of the river, in hopes of contacting some of the breakaway sects, maybe 
find in some of the old wellspring temples that might have been forgotten up there. Maybe even the Grand Aquifer itself. It's slow and dangerous work, that close to the polluted lands, but I'm hopeful. We're all hopeful. To reclaim the Grand Aquifer? A bold and outlandish ambition, this council might remark. The boldness is not for the sake of personal ambition, Your Eminence, but rather our community's continued survival. Word has spread to our people upriver, at least, that they're already trialing conscription in certain territories. The, um... Yes, we're well aware. The Dossers Draft, they're calling it. Two weeks ago they were promising it would never come to this. Citizens of age must be in possession of a contract with a licensed faith or hold evidence of familiar bondage to a licensed faith to be considered ineligible for a year-long contract of indentured heroism. More specifically, auxiliary duties. Gods. Ah, things really were simpler under Devlin. I know that's trite, but it's true nonetheless. We can scoff and mock at the absurdity of their jargon as much as we like. They have the freedom to go on repeating it over and over, drowning us in a language of their design. And soon enough, we all lose track of what's real and what is not. And the world becomes theirs by the strength of their clattering tongues. By the Trawler Man's grace, our belief is that the aquifer, if found and if reclaimed, might pose a more reliable sanctuary for our people during the course of the coming war. Someone in the legislatures is aware of the Gulch's location. We cannot hold it indefinitely. It has also occurred to me that rediscovering the aquifer would serve an important morale boost in purpose, that a mass movement of our people upriver into the hills could be understood as a reclamation rather than a retreat. Are you satisfied, Grieve? Not quite. How does our god seem to you, Catabasian Faulkner? Our god is... hungering. One mouth seems to be vying with the other. In several places along the middle reaches, the river is drawn back nearly to drought levels. In others we have seen sudden flash floods, violent surges that devour not just our sacrifices, but the faithful who offer them. You've seen similar. Yes. We have. A god's hunger is not something within the scope of our reckoning. It has always been this way, Grieve. The father may glut himself upon flesh one season and then draw back into the garden the next. It is no cause for concern. My concern is less for the reality of our god, your eminence, and more for our people, who see less than we do. They observe signs and patterns and everything, and they hanker for it, any explanation. The faithful upriver are worried as well. There's a good deal of speculation as to whether we have angered the Trawler Man in some way. Well, how could that possibly be true, when a hero of the faith has won us such a grand and glorious victory at the Gulch? Very well, Catabasian Faulkner. Return to the Gulch. We will summon you again, should we have any further questions for you. And, of course, keep us informed on any progress in capturing Catabasian Mason's assassin. Thank you, High Catabasian. 
if, uh, if I may. Yes? I hesitate to say this aloud in these hallowed chambers, but I must remember that neither our God nor your eminence would hold me liable for the crime of honesty. I've said that our people are grown concerned, and in truth I believe I know the cause. Whispers have been spreading amongst the disciples upriver. Wild rumors. It's been said that the legislatures have reached out to this council in an attempt to... to license, legalize, and co-opt our faith for their own purposes. To use the trawler man as a pawn in their own frail and struggling war efforts to draft not only our people, but our God to their cause. And where precisely did you encounter such a rumour, Brother Faulkner? As I've said, the Gulch's caverns have grown flooded with fresh disciples from across the territory. I hear everything from everyone. Some of your own attendants here, I believe, have even placed requests with you to make pilgrimage to the side of the battle, which I do today... not think you are seriously proposing that any attendant of mine would reveal privileged information to you behind my back, Brother Faulkner. Nor that you would listen to them. Of course I would not, High Catabasian. But I believe it would be wise to put out a formal edict denouncing these absurd rumors in full before they can gather further traction. The faithful are already growing worried. They may, in time, grow angry. They all know how many of us stood our ground and spilled our enemy's blood in the stairwells of the gulch. They can see how the river is raging and hungering for some unseen cause. We all know how much our people have suffered at the government's hands. This draft of theirs, this tyrannical effort at enlistment, should not frighten us into making common cause with them. It should do precisely the opposite. We all know that Catabasian Mason would have never stood for this. Catabasian Mason was my friend. We stood together at the Driftwood March. Together, we withstood the purges of the Saint's Dam. Together, we examined the Gulf Walker's wreck. Do not presume to tell me what he would or would not have done. I apologize, Your Eminence. Catabasian Mason and I had grown close, although certainly not to the same degree of your great friendship in the days before his passing. It was his intent, as he relayed to me, to lay the wreath of kelp upon my head himself, Thank but... Thank you, Brother Faulkner. That is everything we need from you. I will try to keep my people under control, but the formal statement... Thank you, Brother Faulkner. Thank you for your time, High Catabasian. the little prick genuinely believes he can fool us. It's worse than that, Grieve. He knows he doesn't need to. Upriver, they're already talking about Catabasian Faulkner as if he's Fleck Reborn. Hero of the Siege of the Gulch, bearer of the Withermark. 
and the river's misbehavior, as you rightly said, will drive more of our people into his arms. The momentum is with him, and he knows it. He's threatening a schism against us. Has there been any trouble with the Adjudicator's people? Not yet. The war's been keeping them occupied, and their elections keep on being pushed back. They've been losing patience with us, certainly. They want to get on and make the public announcement. They say they've delayed for long enough already. But, as far as they're concerned, Mason is still making the calls from our side. They've no reason to suspect anything else. They won't wait much longer. It all sounds as if the war's going remarkably badly. All right, keep stalling for time. Make progress with them, but not too much progress. Let me know as soon as we're about to ruin things for good. Tell our people to stay hidden in the meantime, safe from the draft. It might be prudent to employ little theatrics to keep the good adjudicator occupied, don't you think? The old hidden faiths did that sort of thing all the time. We invite them to a secret ceremony by the water's edge, hang a chain of bulrush cobs about their neck, make them eat an unshelled prawn's head, tell Shrew that means they're an honorary elder of the faith now, or some such nonsense. <laughs> Shrew's expecting the Withermark from us before anything is sane. They made that quite clear. I noticed you didn't press him on the topic. To what end? So he can lie to us, stall us like he stalled Mason, hold the threat and the promise of the damn thing over us? At this point, it seems more than likely that there was never any Withermark in Bellwethers in the first place. Or if there was, Faulkner never figured it out. We can negotiate with the adjudicator's people if we need to. We can concoct a story. Faulkner is our more pressing concern. We have to deal with him before we can make our move. What are you thinking, Romont? Something Mason told me once. A good story, once it finds its perfect vessel, is as relentless and as overwhelming as the white gull itself. You'd be a fool to try and stop its course. Instead, you have to find a way to work with the current. Perhaps it would be fitting for me to pay a visit to the site of the miraculous battle myself, to spend some time communing with this new Catabasian, this young hero, to lay the wreath of kelp upon his brow and welcome him formally to the eldest of the faith. He clearly longs to be praised for his efforts in raising a mob of the faithful under his banner. I can make him feel that he is. In public, I can laud his achievements. I can call him whatever titles he wishes to be called. In private, I can reassure him that Mason's intentions are not my own, and that the question of legalization is no longer being actively considered. Perhaps, during this visit, there will be an attempt on my life. Perhaps Brother Faulkner will sacrifice himself, magnificently and memorably, to save me. Nothing hits the heart quite like a youthful hero who becomes a youthful martyr. And so the story continues along its natural course. 
Mason was clever, but he made a crucial mistake. You can't reason with a fanatic, and you can't make a dreamer fall in line. I learned from his example. Thank you, uh... Siblin Rain, is it? That's right, Catabasian. Thank you, Rain. <sighs> we'll stay amongst friends upriver tonight, Catabasian. Hmm. Sister Carpenter and I found the market bellwethers. I imagine myself coming back to report to the Catabasians' council at the greatest refuge of the Lower Delta. I pictured us, both of us, standing together upon the summit of that great and crumbling tower and presenting our findings before the elders of our people. I thought it'd feel like coming home, being here. Arriving at a place I'd always known and always belonged to, though I'd never seen it outside of dreams. I never imagined it'd feel quite so much as if I was being placed on trial, interrogated and called upon to justify myself, though I'd done nothing to deserve it. I never thought I'd feel relief at leaving it behind. What did you make of it all, Rain? Uh, magnificent, Catabasian. Utterly magnificent. It was a, a true privilege to have seen it with you. The frescoes, the banqueting hall. <laughs> and what else? You should never feel, sibling Rain, that you cannot be honest with me. We've bought together in fire and in darkness at the Gulch. That's an unshakable bond. A kind of baptism. That's a mark of fellowship and unity that even the others of our faith would simply not be able to understand. You are my sibling, as I am yours. I can tell, you know. I can tell that there's a criticism lurking in the back of your mind and... You'd dismiss it as unkind, so you'd rather not speak it aloud. But can it truly be an unkind thought if it's honest? Would it help if I told you that High Catabasian Roman is clearly an old fool who's been clinging to his seat for far too long? <laughs> Please, Sibling Rain, do me the honor of being honest with me. I... I did... Forgive me, Catabasian Faulkner. While I was waiting for you to be finished with the council, they brought me potted crab from the kitchens, with a little bread and a little tea. I devoured it. The meat was rich, 
and it was densely packed and it was delicious and I was grateful and they laughed to see how heartily and how quickly I ate it but afterwards some part of me some part of me couldn't help but think go on I grew up on soup when I was young every single day of the week we ate soup soup and whatever scraps of crab meat we had needed to last a week in the broth because we lived close to the St. Electric's dam and if the patrols saw Dad out in his boat they might recognise him as a wanted man so sitting there last night with flakes of potted crab on madame face I I couldn't stop the anger from rising in me how long have they lived like this down here the high catabasians folk Romont, the inner circle and yet they never once thought to share all that comfort and if it is true that catabasian is it true what they're saying back at the gulch that they're planning to legalise us in response to the government's enlistment draft. Sister Jan says it's a lie and we shouldn't gossip about the face affairs, but I know you would not lie to us, Catabasian. Not about something like this. Southern Rain, you've been honest with me. So let me give you the same gift in return. There's something that's been weighing on my mind, troubling me deeply, and I don't know who I can tell. Can I trust you, Sibling Rain? I'm, I'm sorry to even ask, but I have trusted dear friends in the past only to have them turn on me, and trust is lacking down my heart. Can I trust you? With my life, Catabasia. That means a lot. And I'm grateful to hear it. I did not enjoy my meeting with the High Catabasian rain. It felt just like this when I returned from the pilgrimage of the Mark, like... being on trial. Interrogations and condescension and threats from the people at the very top. People who should recognize how much we've achieved upriver. How the trawler man has blessed our ascension. The old ways keep on repeating their old patterns, you know? It's all they know how to do. Over and over. Until something breaks. Sibling Rain. It is more than possible that there are those at the Catabasians' Council... Who wish me dead. 
dead, Catabasian. And when I am dead, of course, there will be no end to the lies they can tell about me. down to your final lifeline. But another 20 points on the board, and to avoid a grisly fate in the belly of the Big Bonanza, you must answer the following question correctly. If these are the silt verses, then who are our disciples? If these are the silt verses, then who are our disciples? Steve Hendrickson, Binar, Sophie Lynch, and, um, ooh, and Maeve Bruce. Is that your final answer? Yes. Yes, the final answer. That is the correct answer. I would also have accepted H.R. Owen, Stephen Civit, or Stephen as a lunch. Come on. Get up. It's getting late. Get ready for bed. Long day, dozing in front of your shows. Big day out of you tomorrow, dozing in front of your shows. <laughs> go to bed. Please, go to bed. What do you think? Is the coast clear? Is he a heavy sleeper? Or is there another reason you picked out this house for me? Is this the place, maiden? Is this the moment? That'd be a dirty fucking trick if it is. Is this your last bad joke? Let's find out. down and you can have a nice treat from the fridge, all right? Okay. 
gotta stay nice and quiet for me. Yeah? We have an agreement. Oh, you've got no loyalty at all. Here's the state of things. Here's the reckoning. One meal of jam and cheese, sitting heavy and uncertain on a starving belly. Two weak and trembling legs, one of them never fully recovered. An old vulnerability that blooms back into life with every wrong step. A couple of fresh wounds... A couple of broken ribs. A pain in my wrist that won't go away. A head wound that I can't quite see. No money, because nobody out here has much saved up as it is, and the highways and motels and diners are all packed with soldiers, heading north to the coast, and the occasional desperate recruiter looking for ragged vagrants like me who can be scooped up to fill their draft quotas without causing too much of a local uproar. Learned that lesson the hard way, about four weeks back, in a chitterling's chapel. No sense being among the civilised if none of them are willing to stand up for you as they're dragging you away. No sense having money in your pocket if it can't keep you safe. No gone. Because three weeks ago I stole a car on the highway that had a shotgun in the back seat and four shells left and a week later I had to abandon them both when the parish's hunters almost caught me sleeping in it. I don't feel too bad about losing the gun, in honesty. I told Faulkner once I wouldn't take another life in the name the God we shared and the closer I feel to a lonely painful and inevitable death, the more vital it seems to me to maintain the obstinacy of my principles. I'll remain myself to the final choke and gurgle, out of spite. No more innocent deaths. No more drownings. And he'll have to know he's to blame for it then, won't he? There'll be no angle he can find, no story he can tell to free himself from the weight of knowing he's killed me. What else? Not a lot of sleep out here in the rain and the cold. One long trail of thefts, 
scavenging raids, nights spent in old barns whose owners have fled south to avoid the air raids, or the cellars of geriatric fishermen who refuse to leave their homes, being just as obstinate as I am. Six phone calls to Acantha, far away to the south, who hasn't answered once. What seems at times like an endless sea of pursuers. The young people of the parish who've been sent here to hunt me and catch me, oh, they're not skilled trackers by any means. Not true pilgrims of the road. They don't have the experience and they've had nobody to teach them. They're noisy and clumsy and they invariably give away their positions before they need to. Mason would have turned his nose up at the lot of them. But they're relentless. They're fearless. They're well supplied and they can cover more ground than I can. They know the territory and the locals up here better than I do, so they're always waiting for me upriver and downriver, whichever way I turn. There's a great many of them now. More than Mason would ever have been able to summon up. And they work together with endless enthusiasm and kindness. I listen to them from my hiding places amongst the bulrushes or the stones, chirping over their walkie-talkies, cheering each other on, promising each other they'll be the ones to bring me to justice, praising each other in the trawler man's name. And damn it, I almost start to root for them myself. In truth, they've proven far harder to shake off than I'd have expected. Every day and every night I wake to headlights in the mist, tramping feet through the reeds, voices echoing through the walls of some cavern where I'd hold myself up and waited in vain for them to lose the trail and forget about me. They haven't lost me yet. They're not forgetting me. And they're learning on the job. Every time I shake them off, every time I slip free from the snare, it feels like they're doing better and I'm doing worse. They're making fewer mistakes and I'm making more. I'm hungry and exhausted and cold. I keep telling myself I'm alone out here. If I can just get a moment's respite, I'll be able to get away from them for good. Trouble is, that respite's never come. They'd already have caught me by now if I was entirely without help. Her whispers keep waking me in the night as my pursuers creep closer to my hiding place. Her silhouette, robed and long-fingered, can forever be seen at the top of some ridge or in the depths of a canyon, signalling to me where I'll find my next temporary refuge or my next escape route. The Cairn Maiden has remained with me out here in the rain and the cold when everyone else has left me. And she keeps on faithfully showing me the road I need to take, the onwards path to the meeting place that's been promised. A floating willow by the twisting water. It took a while for me to realise, with all the stops and starts and the turnings back, 
that she was leading me north. Longer still to realize just how close she's getting. Sometimes I wake and her shadow is looming over me in a cracked and broken window. Sometimes she's there in a doorway, her veiled head bowed, just five or six feet distant, like I could stretch out my hand and touch her. Maybe that's why I'm getting clumsier. Maybe that's why my strength is failing me and everything that hurts is hurting just a little more than it used to. Because it's all beginning to feel very much like it's only a matter of time. some cheese and jam, Maiden? Or are you just... You're just gonna keep on standing there in the doorway. Staring at me like a fucking... for years, offering up should to a god who does not appear anywhere on the public records. In other words, Richter's got an unlicensed god. Uh, good morning to you. What, what time is it? Close to five in the morning, sir. I'm with law enforcement. I'm sorry to disturb you so early, but we're looking for a fugitive who we think might be active in this area. Uh, do you recognize this woman? Hmm. Don't think I've seen her, no. Oh, or one of the jailbreakers, maybe. She's a spy from the CLS. Oh, terrible. You heard there's been jailbreaks out this way as well? Really? Hi. Lots of trouble. Lots of excitement. Well, if your spy's headed westward into the hills, she's in trouble. That's all polluted lands. That's all hungering territories. The border's been inching closer and closer since the war began. It's all the bombings from the CLS that's made things worse. Mark the signs and mark the fences and go no further. That's my advice. Sounds like you're 
dog's bothered about something. <laughs> Ignore him. So, yes, the jailbreaks. Do you mind if I just take a very quick look around your property? I don't see why you should. It'll just take a moment. Excuse me. <clears throat> you know that. We need something more. I've been working on something. Look, I don't want any trouble here. Windows open. This is Fade. I'm at a fisherman's cottage just out from the falls. She's close by. Get out here as soon as you can. are on their way. They're out for blood, Carpenter. You want to surrender now? Make this easy? Where do I go? Into the fields or into the hills? Go no further. Go no further. 
confirming knots well beyond this point. Go no further. Shit! Go no further. River rises. That's enough, Carpenter. There's nowhere to go. Come up now and we can talk. Carpenter, I'm supposed to shoot you on sight. If you were going to shoot me, Fade, you could have done that already. Hmm? Out in the marshland, wasn't it? A few days back now, I was a shadow amongst the rocks. You were so close, I could see the sweat dripping down the back of your neck. I was a specter, haunting her as a death. I could have killed you then, Fade, before you turned. Neck goes cracked. Did you realize that, hmm? But I didn't kill you. I could have, but I didn't. And a second later, you turned and we were staring into each other's eyes. You had a clear shot at me instead. You froze in place and watched me go. And there must be something that. There must be something. Hesitate. Or are you just a fuck-up fade? Stop talking. You know I'm not to blame, don't you? <laughs> you know it's a lie. That's why you hesitated. Fade? You saw me pass you on the stairs that night. Falco was already down there. He was down there with Mason long before I got to him. He did it. You already know. You must already know it was him. Falco murdered Mason. He's been lying to all of you ever since. That's why he sent you out here to find me. Have you considered that as well? Probably he was hoping we'd kill each other. He could be rid of us both. You'd, you'd say anything to save your own skin. No. Not anything. I'm very tired. Fade. 
and I am expected for a meeting. To be quite honest, I'd be more than half inclined to let you shoot me here if it wouldn't be letting the bastard beat us. Do you want that? You have a choice, Tophie, don't you? Huh? You can tell them, you can tell them you never found me. Tell them I drowned in the water and the body was lost. Put an end to all this. Make it simple. Tell them whatever lie gives you the best advantage, but tell a lie and it'll be just as if I died in truth. My brother is dead, Carpenter. Somebody has to pay for that. My brother is dead too, Fade. You think I'd ever make peace with the people who did it? You think I'd work with them against my own family? Against my brother, my parents, my grandmother? You think I wouldn't have put a bullet in my own skull already if I had that way pulling me down? I don't care about that. Yes, you do! You do care! It was Faulkner, Faye. Faulkner killed Mason. You know it was him! And if you kill me now, if you let them kill me, Fade, you'll be singing to his tune. You'll be writing a traitor into the verses as a hero of the faith, and that lie will go on unchallenged and become history. What do you think of that, Fate? Could you really let yourself be a part of that? I'm... I'm sorry, Carpenter. I really am sorry. But... This is the way it has to go. He's already won. Please, oh wait, I... Oh. to you? I didn't ask for your help. Nobody called upon you. You didn't need to do that. Did you think I'd be grateful? Did you think I would be grateful? 
just left me now, have you? We weren't, where did you, Do it. You've caught me, all right? Just fucking do it. Oh, what are you waiting for? Huh? I told you. I'm ready. I'm ready! I'm ready, so just get on with it! Whoa! Whoa, 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 whoa! Take it easy. Rifles down, fellas. Rifles down. <laughs> She's a friend. She's a very old friend. Hey, Carpenter. How you doing? What? We... We thought you and your friend back there were a posse come looking for us. Scared the life out of me when I saw you. Come on, let's get you someplace safe. Hey, Jessup, Dan, I'll cover our tracks out here. Get a stretcher, get her a gas mask, call her back to the Grace. If you make good time, you should be there before nightfall. The Widow of Wounds is gonna wanna see her! What? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.